This week on Business Brief, we'll find out how small businesses can adopt more sustainable practices. Then we'll hear from some of the youngest exhibitors in one of the country's oldest livestock shows. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chelsea Peter. Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for the big game this weekend. What about you? You know, I'm a little nervous. Obviously, you know, Missouri is playing Georgia, and Georgia is ranked number one. But, you know, I feel a little confident because, uh, you know, Mizzou's moving up in the ranks. Yeah, ranked number 14. I think we got this. Yeah, I would be very happy if we uh, got a win this weekend. I agree. I agree. But anyways, let's go ahead and get into this week's headlines, shall we? Let's do it. The United Auto Workers Union and General Motors came to a tentative agreement Monday. The deal comes after similar agreements with Ford and Stellantis and marks the end to more than six weeks of striking. UAW's deals with the big three automakers include significant pay raises for employees and cost of living allowances over the next few years. Workers at GM's plants expect to return to work, including those at a plant in Wentzville, who are one of the first called on to strike. The Federal Reserve Bank opted to hold interest rates steady during its meeting on Wednesday. The key federal funds rate will remain between five and a quarter and five and a half percent. According to the Federal Bank, the economy expanded at a strong pace during the third quarter. Fed Chair Jerome Powell indicated that rate reductions are not in the foreseeable future. State Senator Carla May is demanding an investigation into Missouri's cannabis microbusiness license program. This comes after reports that a Michigan real estate group recruited individuals on Craigslist to enter the program. According to the Missouri Independent, two applicants were unaware that the real estate group would take control of their businesses after signing a contract. Applicants connected to the group obtained two microbusiness dispensary licenses out of 16 awarded statewide last month. A federal jury in Kansas City reached a verdict Tuesday that finds multiple realty groups liable for conspiring to inflate or maintain high commissions. The ruling has potential to lead more lawsuits in other states. The realty groups argue their actions were legal under Missouri laws that allow collaborative compensation. The Department of Education penalized a Missouri student loan servicing contractor for failing to send billing statements on time. The contractor is the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, also known as Mohila. Its mistake resulted in over 800,000 borrowers missing the deadline to make their payments. The Department of Education is withholding over $7 million from Mohila's October payment and is also directing the company to issue its borrowers a period of forbearance, meaning borrowers will not be required to make payments and interest will be frozen. Business Brief will continue after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you a connector? Someone that loves to help others find the resources and people they need? Do you love to network? Do you want to be your own boss and have time to take care of your family too? Well, now you can own your own Connection Exchange affiliated business and make valuable connections in your own community. The Connection Exchange is a welcoming service that greets new residents and business owners with a welcome gift to introduce them to all the things that make their new community great. This is not a franchise. Each location owns and operates their own business. At Connection Exchange, we share the joy of meaningful connections in our local communities. How fun is that? Find out more at connection-exchange.com.
our next story, we'll be looking at how small businesses in Missouri can incorporate more sustainable practices into their infrastructure. Interesting. So what does that entail? So there are quite a few definitions of sustainability, but basically the concept means preserving the Earth's resources for the benefit of future generations. Businesses can cause pollution, waste, or other factors that contribute to climate change, and considering sustainability could help to minimize this. Ah, okay. So who are we hearing from today? Missouri Business Alert reporter Lucy Valeski talked with Jean Ponzi, the director of the St. Louis Green Business Challenge. They discussed how to make a small business more sustainable. Here's part of that conversation. Jean, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure, Lucy. So why should businesses consider being more sustainable? Every time I work with a new business, I always ask them, why are you doing this green stuff? What are you interested in? And there's two consistent responses. One is customer expectation. And that's usually B2B, business to business customer expectation, unless you really are a public facing business. The other big driver is young talent expects it. People like yourself who, you know, you're in college now or you're out of college have been studying and learning about sustainability and ecology since you were little bitty kids. It's a different thing from someone in my generation of program leadership, business leadership. So if you want to expect the best and the brightest, you better have a sustainability policy that's real and transparent and has teeth and functions and grows right along with your other policies like hiring from within and doing business with local companies and diversifying your person power. What are the first steps you recommend small businesses taking um, to address sustainability in their business? Do an evaluation of where you are. So in the same way that if you were going to change your diet to be healthier, you would evaluate what are you doing now and then look at the places where your energy and your input are going to have the most leverage to make green work for you. It's also really helpful and really valuable to read up on what some of these green business basics are. Energy efficiency, recycling and waste minimization, transportation. Are you on a on a transit line? How do your employees get to work? If you do travel for your business, what kind of, you know, what kind of inputs are going into that? Water conservation, huge, especially with so much of Missouri in drought. Um, And then engagement. How are you communicating about what you're doing to your customers that's green? And it's really better to err on the side of conservative there. Say what you know, say what is true. Don't put in anything that you're not sure about because there are enough people out there of multi-generations that can spot greenwashing and that can really hurt your image. So start with what you know, start with what is true and grow from there. What are some of the main challenges you see small businesses running into when they are trying to be more sustainable? In a small business, you might just have the owner and a couple of employees, maybe part-time employees with a lot of turnover. So how much energy, how much oomph does anyone have to address green in business? That's where setting up some green basics in your business becomes useful because you can tap into the green interests of your employees, of your customers, and start by responding where those interests and those concerns are. I'm a big believer in fishing where the fish are and starting your effort where you have strength and growing from there. And that might look different in a wide variety of businesses. What is your number one piece of advice for small businesses that want to start thinking more sustainably? Frankly, Lucy, 
it starts simple. Mm -hmm. Start with the things that are going to give you the best return on your investment of time and thought and setting up a system like, you know, doing an energy benchmarking and using Energy Star Portfolio Manager and draw on the resources that you have. Draw on your specific interests as a business owner. Draw on what you believe your customers will be most interested in you doing. And definitely draw on the interests and the energy of your employees. And then from that simple basis, grow your green process, grow your green policies. You can have a sustainability policy that is a short bullet list, mm -hmm. but it's good to incorporate that in the same way that you would state any of your other values as a business. Let green go to work for you. Start simple and grow from there. To watch the full interview with Jean Ponzi, check out the full video at MissouriBusinessAlert.com. Our next story focuses on livestock. Okay, and what about livestock? Well, thousands of cattle, sheep, pigs, and goats were shown at the American Royal Livestock Show these past few weeks. The Kansas City event dates back to 1899. Wow, so what'd we see there this year? This year, exhibitors as young as seven years old traveled from all over the country to compete. Harvest Public Media's Eva Testify brings us this audio postcard on what it's like for kids and teenagers who show livestock at one of the largest competitions in the U.S. My name is Bree Ingla. I am nine and a half years old. I am from Carbondale, Kansas. My cow's name is Kinsley. Sometimes after we wash her and comb her and all that, I'll give her kisses all over. I am going to enter Kinsley and showmanship. I feel pretty nervous and I have butterflies in my tummy, but as soon as I step in the wing, I feel like I'm home. Because when I'm in the wing with my cow, they just calm down and it's my happy place. There's a lot of lambs. The lambs are in some cages, some are asleep. There's a lot of blow dryers, a lot of stuff going on. My name is Andre Carter. I'm from Perkins, Oklahoma. I'm 10 years old, and this is my lamb, Beat'em. He's a sheep. I like him a lot, and he's a pretty good lamb. I got into this because my dad showed lambs, my grandpa showed lambs, and then my sister showed lambs, and then I start showing lambs. Sometimes before I go to my class, I watch other people who are more experienced with sometimes better lambs and how they place and how they set up and how quick they do it. My name is Riley Stuker from Lee County, Iowa, the very southeast tip, and I'm 18. So when we come to these shows, uh, we class our pigs when we show them by weight. And so behind me is a scale, and I'm weighing my pig. It's more than just learning how to care for livestock. It's learning how to communicate with people and how to deal with one of the biggest things I've learned is dealing with your losses because the main thing we're doing here is trying to win a show, but you win way less shows than you'll ever lose, I guess. I sacrificed basically everything I had. I gave up all my sports and everything for this, so it's something that I really enjoy and hope to make something out of. 
My name's Catalina Cutshaw. I'm from Lewisburg, Kansas, and I'm 15. <laughs> this is Little Dale. <laughs> About to go in the holding pen so I can show. I'm kind of nervous. My grandma just got here, so I'm excited because she drove all the way up here to watch me. She just gave me a coin <laughs> for luck. <laughs> Good girl. An angel. It's a little angel. Results of class number three from Pico in 10th place. Mason Flory from I'm Allison Flockmorton. I'm eight and I'm from San Antonio. This is Tornado. He's named Tornado because um, Kansas City sometimes has tornadoes. I think it's fun having like sheep because once you get to train him, he's not so crazy. I feed him, water him, make sure he's good, um, exercise him, and that's almost all I do with him. I got six, six. Um, everything was pretty good. He didn't jump. He didn't. He walked all the time. So I think that's good. That audio postcard on the American Royal Livestock Show in Kansas City was produced by Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including our partners at KCUR. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Chelsea, what do you have for us this week? Well, this week, my words are tech hubs. Okay, any specific tech hubs we're talking about this week? Well, yeah, actually two. Kansas City and Rolla were both recently named official tech hubs by the Biden administration. Wow, okay. So what exactly makes a place a tech hub? Official tech hubs are regions that are designated by the federal government that are designed to increase innovation, security, and job creation. Rolla was designated as a hub to use mineral deposits to address issues related to manufacturing and processing energy goods. This hub will cover all of the Rolla area as well as parts of South Central Missouri. And the Kansas City area has been named a hub for biotechnology and aims to increase production for preventative technology such as vaccines. Got it. So why did the Biden administration give these two Missouri areas this designation? Well, the federal government selected tech hubs based on economic development strategy outlines as well as resources in the region and competitive potential. 31 hubs were selected across the U.S. and Puerto Rico. Cool. So what does the tech hub status mean for Rolla and KC? The Rolla and KC hubs will receive federal funding to complete technology-related innovation projects. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? My word is sludge. Ooh, that's interesting. Why is sludge in the news right now? A group of residents in Newton County are suing the Missouri Department of Natural Resources for its handling of permits for Denali Water Solutions. It's an Arkansas-based company that spreads sludge from meatpacking facilities on farm fields. Okay, so why are these residents suing? Well, the suit comes after thousands of gallons of slaughterhouse waste leaked in a field in Fairview in southwest Missouri. 
The group's asking a judge to halt Denali's operations at all of its waste storing facilities, but this is not the first lawsuit focused on Denali. Oh, really? Yes, this is the second time in three months that Governor Mike Parson's administration is being sued over how it handled Denali's permits. Previously, a judge prohibited the Department of Natural Resources from giving Denali a permit for an animal waste lagoon in Randolph County. For a closing thought, here's Jean Ponzi again on how small businesses can communicate sustainability efforts. When you're communicating about what you're doing in the sustainability space, if you're just taking the first steps, say that. If you've established some guidelines and some benchmarks and some goals, say what they are and say where you're going to achieve them. It's very much it's very much the same as if you were giving a business plan to investors or to your bank. You want to be realistic, you want to be strategic, you want to have a mechanism in place to measure because you can't manage what you don't measure, and then you want to report your progress in a way that is transparent and true. And even if you're just taking the first steps, that's okay. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing the music for this episode. For my co-host, Chelsea Peter, editors Yashimika Wychuk, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.